Ladies and gentlemen, in just a moment, you are going to hear the voice of a man who will tell you some tremendously important facts. Welcome to the Reality Revolution. I have an exciting episode today. I have Bo Maxwell, the founder of the Sage Method. Isabeau Maxwell is one of the leading spiritual coaches in intuitive development. Uh, she brings deep channeled knowledge and personal understanding to spirituality. She's been helping people connect to their authentic and natural intuitive abilities for over 15 years. She is internationally known medium, author, and teacher who has touched the lives of people throughout the world, known for her compassion and accuracy. She brings peace and comfort to many people in her, with her energy work and transformative sessions and teachings. She is the founder of the Sage Method, a life-changing initiative training program that teaches people how to open their intuitive abilities and live an authentic and blissful life. And I, I recommend if you want to know more about Bo, you can read her book, Cracking Open, Adventures of a Reluctant Medium, um, which tells a lot about her story and what she's been through as a medium and how she came to this point. So thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for, we, we, we had some hiccups here and it's nice to finally meet you and um, welcome to the Reality Revolution, Bo. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Timing is everything, you know, it yeah. always works out exactly how it's supposed to. Exactly. So you talk about in your book, kind of what happened to you, you, before you sort of got into this, you weren't very religious, you weren't very spiritual. And you had some things happen that sort of woke you up and, and, and really motivated the rest of your life. So tell us all your story and how you came to be teaching um, what you're teaching now. Absolutely. I, that book was so important to write because I had told my story so many times and there were so many teaching moments in my opening and development that I wanted to compile it into a book um, so somebody else could read it and say either, you know, I'm not alone or, okay, this is, you know, this is happening to me as well. That was probably the most important point for writing the book. But when I was in my early 30s, I was a complete skeptic. Uh, no religion, no spirituality. And it wasn't that I was anti anything. It's just, I just didn't do, you know what I mean? I was in the business world. I, you know, that was pretty much the summary of it. I have a math degree from college. I, you know, ran businesses. There was one plus one has to equal two, and it has to be in this grounded earth in order for me to pay attention to it. So um, fast forward to my, my early thirties, my grandmother passed away. Now she was in Minnesota. I was in New Hampshire at the time. And shortly after that, I was standing in my living room trying to figure out what to do because I was so close to her. Uh, she was pretty much, you know, mom. And she showed up in my living room, showed up in my living room, um, semi-transparent, but solid enough that there was no doubting what was happening. Um, and to be honest, it was really scary for me. <laughs> it was not that was not in my, my world at all. And so I remember my first reaction was don't ever do that again. Second reaction was this is grief. And then I proceeded to, I got a therapist and I proceeded to move forward and do what, do what a mathematician does and test everything out. Like I, I need the proof and do this and this. And it was probably a few months in that she gave me proof that was so beyond anything I could have asked for that I really had to settle in and say, okay, this is real. And then once I did that, cause I got to tell you, I, I always have to figure everything out, right? One plus one is two. So once I did that, then it was a matter of diving into what is intuition? How does it really work? You know, who has it and how do you get it and how do you make it stronger? And uh, that was really the beginning of my journey. You talk a lot about intuition on your blog. And uh, intuition seems to be one of the main pivot points, things that you're really interested in and teaching. So yeah. um, obviously you've had some intuitive moments that really sparked you to say, hey, this is something special. I'd like to teach other people about it. Tell me about that. You, you, for all of us have intuitive moments. Sometimes we realize later, you know, I should have bought that stock in Google <laughs> or, or whatever, you know, it happens all the time. Um, but there, but there are moments where it's like, you know, this is something that's important and I need to, to spread the word. So how did it start for you in an, a knowledge and awareness of intuition? For me, I, I knew nothing and I, about intuition, I, 
nothing about spirituality. I didn't have any uh, friends or associates in my circle that was even remotely into spirituality. I remember finding a, a Tai Chi instructor that I had just known through business interactions. And I remember going up to him and said, you're the weirdest guy I know. Can you help me? <laughs> and um, he's just, he's, he's an amazing man. And he did, he helped me. He helped me learn how to do yes, no questions with my intuition and start there. From there, the real development though happened when I met my first guide. And that was unexpected because I still didn't even know that there were things called spiritual guides. That's how disconnected I was from mm -hmm. it. And I was just following my curiosity because I am super curious, super curious. And uh, he showed up and I, I continued to meet with him. And eventually I learned that not only was he my guide, but he was also my teaching guide. So I followed his instruction and asked him questions and learned how intuition flows, uh, how it's connected to the five senses, all of that. I followed his instruction for probably about two years. Mm -hmm. And then he turned around and he said, everything that I've taught you over these, this time, I want you to put it together and bring it out into the world. And that's how the Sage Method was born. So the Sage Method is actually a formula. It's a seven-week course. It's a formula. Mm -hmm. And it's it's the condensed version of what I stumbled through for two years. It's It's more of a, you don't have to stumble through it. Do this, do this, do this, do this here's how it works, here's how it's explained, et cetera, et cetera. And then um, people are able to then access their intuition more on demand than they could before. And what I tell people is that the best outcome of, of walking through something like this and opening up your intuition very strongly is that you're in the flow. And even if it's not a blatant message that comes through, when your intuition is in the flow, you take a left when you're supposed to take a left. You take mm -hmm right when you're supposed to take a right you know i i dropped off my automobile this morning to get repaired walked down to a rental car place as a walk-in no reservation and said i need a, i need a car and they're like we, we're completely out of cars so i said all right my two choices were to get up walk outside start searching or to sit there and i said would you mind if i just sat here for a moment and search to see if there's other cars in other places they said absolutely sure fine five six minutes later Another employee comes in and says, I was wrong. We're not out of cars. We have this one. And I was like, thank you. So it wasn't even an intuitive message that came in and said, no, 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 wait, don't leave. They're, they'll figure it out. It was just the flow of my intuition. That's how life then flows. It's a beautiful thing, actually. So how, how do I listen to my intuition? I've, I've done several episodes and I, I find it super fascinating. Um, there's a difference between the, the intuitive idea of I need to do something and then the intuitive as don't do something. It's, I think it's a little bit different for everybody. Um, mm -hmm. It's always kind of very personal, but um, how, do you, how do you know moments where you need to stop and, and go? How do you differentiate those moments? And how do you know how important that intuitive knowledge is in the moment? Sometimes it's much more urgent than others. Absolutely. The beautiful thing about guides is that they're going to put roadblock after roadblock after roadblock in front of you if you are continually pushing towards something. So everyone, there's like a whole spectrum, people that haven't um, necessarily opened up their intuition strong enough to be able to access it on demand, they're still going to be guided. Mm -hmm. So they're still going to have moments where they're like, I'm trying to do this, but everything gets in my way. That's typically <laughs> meaning you're going the wrong way. Once right. they shift and take a different direction and then everything starts to unfold perfectly for them, that's when, you're know, that's when you know you're going down the right way. Now, for those that have worked at honing their intuition, I tell people start with yes and no. Start with complete opposites with your intuition when you're just sort of playing around with it. Those are gonna be the most distinct. And once you get the yes and no's, under your belt, then you have a little bit more ability to check into something and to say, okay, I hit a roadblock. Am I supposed to keep going? And you can ask your intuition that and get that yes and no. And then when you really, really open up your intuition, it's very honed. You'll have a guide just pop right in front of you and say, just stop. <laughs> just stop. Don't go there. Right. Is it it's all like, through? Okay. Am I getting all my intuition from my guides? Or is it from an access to a higher in knowledge? Is there, do you understand what I'm saying? Is it all coming specifically from my guides or is it from some other place? 
Yes, yes, and yes. I'll tell you how I like to explain it. We have this agreed upon reality, the material world. And if you break it down into molecules, there is space in between molecules. There's more space in between molecules than there are, you know, the size of the molecule. Right. When, and I'll explain it like, like this, when you see something come out of the corner of your eye and you turn to look at it, and now you can't see it once you've turned, it's because you've focused your attention on the molecules, on the solid, on this agreed upon reality. When you saw something out of the corner of your eye, it was going through a defocused part of your peripheral. And that is the space in between the molecules. So what we're all trying to access spiritually, we're all trying to access our guides, our higher self, uh, source, universe. Uh, There's so many traditions all over the world and everyone has their word for it. Whatever that word, I'll call it source. That's the space in between the molecules. So it's when we can pull ourselves back from this solid and this this sort of real um, human left brain analytical moment and kind of defocus and settle in, that's where we have access. That's where intuitive messages are coming from. And then they're going through your intuitive channel. When it goes through your intuitive channel, it uses your nervous system to access five um, you know, five different ways that it can express itself. You've heard people have uh, smell, sight, sound, touch. Mm-hmm. And for those listening who say, well, I never hear anything or I never see anything, but I do just have a knowing. I don't know how I know. I just know you've heard Mm. that before, right? Oh yeah. I don't know how I know. I just know I've got a great tip for you. (laughs) Uh, It's two tips. First off the, the, the harder tip is stop saying you don't see and stop saying you don't hear. Cause that's, you're making that a reality. Right. Okay. So even if you got to kind of fool yourself a little bit. But when you do have, here's the better tip. <laughs> when you do have a moment where you just know, you don't know how you knew, stop, give yourself two minutes to recreate what just happened to you. Because one of your senses did get activated. You did see something, did feel something or did hear something, but you just weren't aware of it. So you stop and you go back and you go, okay, I was sitting there. Did I see anything? Did I hear any? I thought, wait, I think I did hear. And you will, it'll pop up. So reviewing the moment Uh to like in in an observational position to say, um, okay, what was really happening inside when I just knew the minute you catch it, the minute you go, oh yeah, I think I did see something. Then the next time you have an intuitive moment, you're going to start to see with more ease. So I tell people it's, it's, you know, like you said, everyone's unique. Everyone's intuition is unique, but that is one thing that has helped a lot of my students is to take that moment of just knowing and, you know, relive it again to see if they can pick up on which sense it's coming through. Let's go back and talk a little more about your story, which I find fascinating. You (laughs) started seeing your grandmother um, and um, slowly started to see other spirits. Your, 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 you know, spiritual eye was open to these crazy events. I, I, I experienced this through my, my grandparents. I have a spiritual family that always was like that, that, you know, they would see spirits all the time. What have you learned from the spirits that you've encountered um, about the other world and, you know, to, that you can share with us? Oh, that would take hours. <laughs> Let me, let's get some, some highlighted points here. Sure. Um, some of the things that I'll, I'll say it this way. Some of the things that I learned that I found very fascinating. Yeah. Um, well, we have the in-between and then we have the other side. The in-between is the transitionary state to where we're crossing over to the other side after death and also, you know, where we come in. Um, the other side is, is after we've crossed over. Mm-hmm. And so the other side, one of the most fascinating things I learned from my teaching guide, as a matter of fact, is that the other side, there isn't linear time. They don't have linear time. They don't have Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Mm-hmm. So the result of that, you could go way down into really fun rabbit holes. But the result of that is that we do have multiple lives. And while we here on this linear timeline, see our, our past lives and the next life and the next life, if you think about it in reality, your higher being, your higher self on the other side is in essence, having all of the lives at the same time, because they're not on that linear timeline. We put ourselves on this linear timeline, which means everything that's happened to us in this lifetime, everything's going to happen is all already happened. I found that to be really fascinating. And then the other thing that I found, I loved so much 
was, he, and he kind of shook me with this because I had heard many times, we come down here to learn. We come down here to learn. We right, come down here to learn. And my guy point blank said, no, that would be saying that your higher self doesn't know what it needs to know. It already uh-huh. knows. It, it knows everything that happened and everything that's going to happen. So how is that a learning process? It's your higher self's not on a linear timeline. So that's interesting. Then why are we here? <laughs> right? <laughs> Number 42. I was like, okay, no, why are we here? <laughs> right. And, um, and he, he said, we're here to experience emotions on the only the emotions that are emotions that we can only experience on linear time and if you think about those those include um worry surprise anticipation uh things like that and he showed it like he said you know somebody on the other side can have a deep connection to mother earth to plants to gardening etc but it's not until they get a lifetime down here that they get to watch the process of a garden, um, you know, to grow and harvest and all of that. So I found that really cool. We're here to have experiences, not necessarily to learn. And if we do learn along the way, that's a linear time experience. I uh, had some connection with my higher self. At least I think I have. And I, and from studying the law of one, I get this, uh, as I've asked my higher self, the idea that my higher self is me millions of years in the future even though it's timeless, my higher self is me who has already lived this life and other lives. So it kind of resonates with what you're saying. Um, but it's interesting that, you know, the higher self knows everything, but I don't. So, mm-hmm. so I, I don't need to worry about learning anything. Or is there, is there something more than just feeling emotions? It feels like if we're here to feel emotions, we could feel that in a nonlinear environment, except knowing what will happen is what you're kind of saying, right? Yeah, because if we put ourselves in a nonlinear environment, we won't have the anticipation. We always know what will happen at the end. We always know what will happen, right? So we put the blinders on when we come down here on purpose because we can feel experience and um, have joy and ups and downs and all of it on linear time. If you take this to the next level, it's hard to explain it because they're in a different timeline, you could say, but they are consistently uh, morphing, changing, expanding on the other side as well. And that morph change and expansion comes from the knowledge and the understanding and the feeling of what they gather from us on this, on our emotional states in linear time. When we feel the depth of, of loss, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That depth of loss can be brought into the creation of other worlds, other experiences, other planets. So it, it's really kind of an all expansive thing, yet we're all connected, yet it's all happening at once. Right. And that really, really kind of blows my mind. So I see yeah. life more as a vacation. Uh-huh. And I remember when I first started see- saying that to people, they were like, no, because but this sucks. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I get it. I get it. Some vacations stink. Okay. (laughs) Some vacations are not fun. And so we're going to have the ups and the downs, but I kind of see it like, um, we give ourselves this opportunity to come down here and play, you know, not all the play is fun, but we get to play and then we get to bring back the depth and understanding. And I see it a lot with the guides. Sometimes the guides will ask of me something that doesn't make sense in this like human world. Mm -hmm. And I'll have to say to them, uh, person, (laughs) you know, I had, um, a car issue once I was, I was struggling, was raising my vibration. And all of a sudden I was struggling, um, moving fast in a car. I started to sort of see the road as photos. That was really nerve wracking, got checked out. Everything was fine. Turns out it was just a raised vibration. And I said to my guide, I'm like, can you help me with this? Because I this is what's happening. And he was like, well, don't go fast. And it was like, I have to go to work, dude. Like I have to, ch- I have to like, I'm, you know, I've got to shut right. my company and uh, do that. So it's, it's definitely a, a disconnect, but it's, but yet we're all connected. So we, we, we can still learn lessons, even in a time space environment or space time where it's, where time is not real in lessons in love of self and other selves. There's mm-hmm. at least this aspect, at least that goes along with your idea of feeling these emotions, um, is our connection and our understanding of consciousness. Am I just 
only worried and in love with myself or am I in love with all around me seeing the connection to the others? So I think maybe that's, that's, there's a little bit of a lesson, right? In, in mm-hmm. that, right. Oh yeah. There's a little bit of lesson. I mean, they're gathering information. Um, they're gathering uh, what the experience does in this particular linear timeline. Right. Um, and then utilizing that for, you know, for the developments of what's happening, the expansion of, of what's going on. Um, but in essence, it's, it's a little bit more, it's, it's like, we get to come down here. Like you and I get to come down here and we get to have this conversation. Right. And that's, that's really the experience part of it for us. The learning can come in this lifetime. I think what I, what I tend to push away from now is the concept of old soul, new soul. Right. And, you know, well, they're a new soul. No, it's just in this particular lifetime, they came in, you know, this way. (laughs) And well, they're an old soul. No, they just kind of came in, you know, 90 miles an hour, parallel park and hot. So we're all the same age of soul, right? On Mm -hmm. some level, right? Yeah, we just, we come down and we have different, we land in different places, different Mm -hmm. countries, different parents, different circumstances, um, different genetic structure. So when we're coming down here, it's not, okay, I've had 15 lives, my 16th one, now I'm going to take everything I learned from the 15 and move forward. And now I'm going to do this. I'm more evolved. That, that's, that theory kind of doesn't stick when you look at how everything works. Instead, right. it's, it's more, what position do I want to put myself in in this one in order to achieve the overall blueprint of that lifetime? Okay. So, uh the interesting part of, of your work is as a medium in, in that book that you're talking about, do you have any stories of, of interesting things that you've seen that um, just kind of, you know, uh, were unusual or crazy um, that often I, when I talk to mediums, I get these fascinating stories where people that you met, at, like, you know, at the shopping center or somewhere unusual that um, it was unexpected. I have a lot of unexpecteds. All the unexpected for me personally was um, a, a ways into my development. Right. I was working as a professional medium. I was also I was I was comfortable with what I was doing, uh, talking to people on the other side, loved ones that would come through, and I remember uh, I think this was the first time I saw something that you could consider a creature. Um, yeah. But I was in Costa Rica. And uh, we were, it was me and my son and we were vacationing and we were in this surf school and um, he got sick. He got the flu. This was years back. And I, I remember going to bed thinking, this is such a bummer as a mom, like he, this is what he wanted. And this is why we're here. I hate to see him right. stuck and you know, that's unfortunate. So we'll see how it goes. Middle of the night, my guide woke me up and he said, um, he said, do not startle. Okay. That's never a good thing. I said, okay. He just said it really calmly. And then the visual, I, I don't, I have no idea the length, but it was almost like a chameleon, like a lizard, but it was transparent. And it was like five feet in height. And how even, I don't even know how long it was because it just came in, walked toward my son's bed, opened up its mouth. And, you know, mama's kind of like, what's going on here? And he was at the foot of his bed. And then all of a sudden I just saw all this like old stagnant energy come out of my son. The, it ate it, it left. And I said, what was that? He goes, don't worry about it. Go to bed. So <laughs> an hour or two now, cause how do you fall back? Cause I had never seen right. anything other than a person. Right. Right. So how do I, I did finally go back to bed, woke up the next morning. The kid was 100% healthy. Wow. And I was like. Yeah, it was a, it was a, whoa. Did you ask your guide what, what it was? Did, you, did your guide eventually tell you? Yeah, I, I, well, I didn't ask him a ton of details. Right. Um, in that same stay, there was a, another night that he came in and he said, I need you to um, put up some protection around the room because the winds are coming in. And I'm like, what's, he goes, it's not the wind, it's what's on the wind. Just put some, and so I boxed up the, the room that night and then laid there awake. Right. And 45 minutes later or something, all of a sudden massive winds came in. I was like, that's interesting. So when I finally said, what's going on here? Because I feel like I'm in a completely different world. And he's like, this location has so much connection and open 
um, portals and spirituality. And he goes, um, all things are possible here. And also you see more here. So uh -huh. when we're in a busy environment, if you put me downtown New York, I probably wouldn't see a lot intuitively, just naturally. But when you put me in a remote village in Costa Rica and there's not all this you know activity around you see more so who's to say that these benevolent beings that happen to visually show us as a, a lizard aren't helping us already when we need it right. you know what I mean but we don't see them and that's how he explained it to me he said but there's a lot of spiritual activity in that area so that leads me to, because you had mentioned cleansing the room and you, and you talk a little bit about that in your blog and teach that. Have you, before we get, have you seen negative entities or negative energy? And uh, so for someone that can't see, explain to us what you're seeing. And then how can I, how can I protect my house, my room? What can I do to cleanse my area that you've learned from seeing it in action? Well, I'm, I'm glad you asked that question. I absolutely want to tell people how to be able to protect themselves. It's, there's a practice that my guide gave me very early on, quick, simple, um, free, you can do it in 30 seconds, and it's very powerful. But when it comes to, and so I'll explain that, but when it comes to negative entities, I my spiritual job, you know, I've got my human job helping others increase mm -hmm. their intuition, but my actual like connected to the other side, spiritual job is crossing people over. Mm -hmm. So for years I've been doing, um, clearings, property clearings, house clearings, um, exorcisms. Like I've gone into dark, dark situations. And one thing I will say is that every single negative, heavy situation has a has a really a positive outcome every soul that is causing torment that's i guess how i'll say it so let's say you have um a perpetrator and the perpetrator dies and goes into the in-between and they remain stuck that perpetrator can cause uh, a lot of pain and a lot of suffering and uh, a lot of um discomfort for for living people and i've seen a lot of it the way that i see it is mostly in it, it sees different every single time. I've seen very dark uh, spirits, people stuck in the in-between who portray themselves, um, you know, in different ways. Oh, I'm, I'm fine. I'm nice. I'm not, you know, and then they'll come in and, you know, shift gears and inflict pain. I've seen them, you know, try to, to put on a persona and show me a very scary image to frighten me. I had a really interesting one. <laughs> um, now, mind you, as I tell this story, I'm a mom of two. Mm -hmm. I homeschooled my kids. I had a really long day. A couple of things went wrong. And at the end of the day, I had to go do a clearing. And I went to do a clearing. And, and this story just happened to be in the woman's basement. Not all spooky stuff happens in basements. But <laughs> we were down there. And this male spirit showed up. And he showed up like this just tall. I, could, I remember he was hunched over because the ceiling, which didn't make sense. I'm like, you're transparent. But he was just you know, like good demon and right. And I've, I had such a, 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 a stressed day that I had like, have you ever heard like your mom go, I'm done. Like, if you ever heard that, that's <laughs> right. where I was at. I was like, I'm done. I don't have time for this. And I remember looking at this being going, no, 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 no. And then the refrigerator, they had a refrigerator in the basement. It literally moved the refrigerator like about six inches. Wow. Yeah. And the homeowner whew, up the stairs, gone. Right. <laughs> so I'm now down there alone. And I turned around and looked and I was in such a state that I was, I was so kind of in mom state. I was like, Oh, good job. Six inches. Now let's get done with this. You need to go home. <laughs> this can't happen anymore. And then all of a sudden I remember saying, I'm not playing games anymore. I'm going to see the truth. And he shrunk down to this guy. It was just this skinny little guy, like five foot two. So he was putting on this uh, persona to try to frighten me so I wouldn't clear him. And then we worked through it, crossed him over, and I went home and took a nice hot bath and I'm pretty sure I had a glass of wine. So, um, <laughs> well, in your book, you, you talk about meeting someone, and, and, and I'm going to have comments. So I want to address this because yeah. whenever I, I um, people say, and you tell the, the spirit, can you see the light, you know, go towards the light. Right. Mm -hmm. And I always have people that are comments. Oh, that's all a trick. 
It's all, it's all a conspiracy. They tell you to go to the light, but don't go to the light. You're going to just get sucked back into, you know, it's all an evil conspiracy. Um, so you've seen this. So explain sucked to back people. Into where? Yeah, it, it sucked back into another body and you can't escape. It's all a prison. People, yeah, I, at least one or two people, I always have that will say this. And I, I don't, I don't think that's true. And so on the other side, the light is the creator that you're moving towards is this other realm, right? Mm-hmm. And it's so that, it, that is not true, right? <laughs> no, no. Mm-mm. So when you see them going to the light, it's a positive thing. So um, it's you're seeing people that have chosen not to move on, that are mm-hmm. stuck for purposes, stuff they had going on on the planet. And so how how many of these spirits are tethered to the earth, not moving on? A lot? Is it a crowded world out there, or is it not as much as you think? What? what, what? It's, it's not as crowded as the living, the living by far exceed. Um, and also, uh, interestingly enough, I haven't found anyone that I needed to cross over that had been stuck, okay. had been stuck for about, you know, 150 to 200 years, but I haven't seen anything. And I know that's a long time for right. somebody to be stuck in the in-between, but I haven't run into anyone from longer than that, meaning there's a part of uh, our cult, part of the human process and how everything's going, that more people are being, are becoming stuck. 95% of the time, it's a fear-based issue. When you listen to people that have near-death experiences and they tell their story, they all say the same thing. It's a magnetic pull that you just want to go toward. It is, it's automatic crossing over is like taking the people mover right into delicious land. It's just like, wow, that feels so good. I'm going that way. And people say, well, I don't want to get stuck. You won't get stuck. Okay. (laughs) You won't get stuck. But when somebody is stuck, it's always fear-based. It's always fear-based. So that individual that says, don't go into the light, it'll be, they'll be stuck. They're just going to stay there for a while. You know what I mean? And then it takes somebody like me to come along and be like, let's talk through this, man. Got to give it a shot. What's your choice? You're going to just stay here forever. Let's just give this a shot. You know, whatever it takes. What's interesting about the in-between is that it's so psychological. It's so psychological. When we're here on earth, we have three bodies. We've got our spiritual body, which is our spirit. We have our programming body, which is our human mind in linear time, our worries, our fears, our loves, all that kind of stuff. And then we have our physical body. When someone dies, the physical body stays here on earth and we go through the in-between with the remaining two bodies. Mm -hmm. It's not until we cross over that we release the programming body, that human linear mind. So what does this mean? It means that people that are stuck in the in-between are the exact same person they were on earth. They just no longer have a body. So psychologically, if somebody relieves their own pain by inflicting pain on someone else and they're stuck in the in-between, that's exactly what they're going to do. So it's, it's, that's the dark sphere. That's the, the troublesome stuff. And when somebody of that level stays um, of that attitude, we could say stays in the in-between for a long time, they do start to build up more and more strength. This is where the poltergeists come in this is where the the moving of objects come in this is where bows in a basement going seriously dude i'm done like i'm tired <laughs> you gotta right. go um so they do develop strength but a couple of things i tell people is humans always have um the leg up on a spirit in between the problem that we run into is that by no one's fault there are these fabulously delicious haunted movies out there right scary movies and we've watched them all i did and I don't watch them anymore, but um, things like I've already got it over here. Uh, but we we go to fear first. When a spirit is in our home or we have an interaction or a light flickers or a refrigerator, there's fear. That's where we go to because we're kind of conditioned to be fearful yeah. of the situation. But we have to remember that as a living person, you have all three bodies. You have reign over your agreed upon reality, which is I'll segue into that practice that I was going to teach, but mm-hmm. or explain to you, you have reign over this. When you say get out of my home and like deeply mean it, that spirit can't stay. It, it, it can't stay. It doesn't have the physical body to stay in your agreed upon reality. It can't anchor into your space. So living people, typically have 
except a very extreme case, I'm sure, but living people typically have say over their space and their environment when it comes to spirits. But this also another point that I like to make with people is one thing I love to say is ghosts are people too. Every spirit you're going to run into. All right. Except for the giant lizards, (laughs) but every spirit you're going to run into that is, that is what people call a ghost. The word ghost, we've kind of sort of dehumanized people. Mm-hmm. And I've done many clearings where I come into a home, the person's absolutely terrified and it turns out it's their aunt Marge. So, you know, I prefer to use the word spirit and tell people, Hey, ghosts are people too, to remind them, even if somebody was bad in life and they're bad in the in-between, they're still somebody's child. They, they still have the right to go home. So I kind of stand behind that. Now with these um, individuals that are either anywhere from prankster to just downright mean, and they're in the in-between and then now they can kind of go anywhere they want and, you know, push energy and all that kind of stuff. When it comes to that, protecting yourself in your home, it's a very quick practice. It's called GCP ground, clear, protect. And it's important to do it in that order. It acknowledges all three bodies. Ground is your physical body. Clear is your programming body. Protect is your spiritual body. It, in essence, clears out the energies in your energetic body, your spiritual body that you don't need to be carrying. That clarity and that acknowledgement of your spiritual body, your energetic body is um, then encapsulated with like, you could start with a bubble or something like this. And it's not necessarily protection. It's more a filter. Don't let in what's not for my highest good. And you do that for yourself. And then you do that. You can also do that for your home. You can do it for your car. Um, I have like a free uh, teaching video on it. The top five intuitive tools, the very first video in there is mm-hmm. detailed instructions on why this works, what you can expect and, you know, and how to do it step-by-step. Step. And they can find that on the website, but um, everyone should do it. It's, it's very freeing. It's, and it's absolutely wonderful. And I like to tell the uh, lighthearted story that I had a routine um, human visitor, a family member that would come every now and then and stay at my house. And by the time that they left, everyone was exhausted. You know, that person, you know, that family oh, yeah. member. Okay. So I started doing GCP on myself and then I started doing GCP on my home. And I didn't realize, um, when you set it up for the highest good of what should be in this home, all of a sudden, a couple months later, the family member says, I'm coming to visit again, but you know, I really feel like I should stay in a hotel. And I was like, <laughs> okay, this works. I like it. I like it. So I challenge everybody to try GCP and do it for a week and see the changes that happen. Ground, clear, and protect. I love it. So um, the, the, the next question that I have is related to what you, you, you teach. When, when my dad died and I wanted to connect with my father, I was able to, through dreams, through a, in, in a dream state, um, I've, we, we've, I've discussed on my channel different conceptions of the afterlife. One very fascinating one is through Neville Goddard, who, who stated that for, for a number of us, we, we almost go through a, a sort of like illusionary time loop where we, re, where we relive our life for like from our 20 years old, learning, learning lesson. Maybe we didn't have something happen in our life. Um, and, and in some cases, we can do it over and over and over again until we have reached this certain lesson. Um, we don't, and, and when, while we're doing it, we don't know we're dead. We, it's like we're in a normal life. Everything's happening normal. When I met my dad, uh, it felt like he, he, he had no clue. He was working as a veterinarian. That's what he was, just working away in, 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 in his clinic. Um, it, it didn't feel like it was in this world. It felt like it was in another world, but it wasn't necessarily, it was like he was going through some sort of simulation almost. Mm-hmm. Have, have you encountered anything similar to this or is this a reach? Does, do you understand what I'm trying to say? I do. I do. I've encountered something similar to this mm-hmm. kind of sideways. And I think that we can connect these. Right. I have people ask me all the time, well, if my higher self, so I, I tell my students, your higher self is like a ball of light. And when you have a life, you take a little bit of all of light, a little bit of it, throw it into a body. It runs around, has a life, comes back, connects with the higher self. And I've very frequently have people say to me, well, as a medium, how do you know you're talking to my grandmother or, or are you talking to her higher self or are you talking to her? Right. And we're talking to her. You're connecting with him. He is a part of his entire higher self, but that little bit of light that came down and had a life. It's like he's in, remember Star Trek and the holodeck? Exactly. Oh, that's yeah, what it's course. like. Right. And 
so when that higher self connects with you, you're connecting with that portion of the higher self, which in itself exists in its full timeline. Because when we come back, we bring that entire experience of that timeline back to our higher self. So it's kind of like, there's a whole bunch of lives in a higher self. Each of those lives are their own holodeck. And when you connect with them, you're going in there. So that's the best way. And, And well, then why wouldn't my higher self connect with me? Because for most people that get readings, you want to talk to your dad, you know, (laughs) and and they know that, and you have shared experiences that, that, that your father can reference in order to help you. So you're going to, you're going to visit that holodeck. And it's each, um, it makes a lot, a lot more sense because um, we can have the same experience. It doesn't have to necessarily be happening in a physical planet. And when I woke up this morning, all my memories I don't know if they really happened or not. They're just memories. And I'm in this environment and and something might be playing out. I mean, if somebody is existing in that environment, like we're like a holodeck environment, um, they wake up, they think they've been here and it's just another day. And they only know that because of their memory. Right. So how do I know that I'm not, see, I had a near death type of experience where I should have died. It was a sort of miracle. There's no way I survived. Um, So I often have the thought, I died when that happened. I'm still going through maybe the shock of it. I, I'm going through some things. How do I know I'm still alive? That's a that's an awesome question. <laughs> that is an awesome question. If you were past, if you weren't alive, you would have more access to everything, wouldn't you? I've never been asked that question. I, I, I have been teaching stuff since it happened. And yeah. I feel like I have more access to stuff um mm-hmm. because of this event so i have that then i have, am i am i dead i shouldn't have had this level of consciousness that i didn't necessarily have before this event occurred now part of that was it inspired me and motivated me to to help teach and 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 you know help others um and in the process of meditating i feel like i have a deeper more profound connection but then that ultimately might prove i'm still dead i'm i'm experiencing this simulation i don't know so that and as i I sometimes ask mediums that because i guess i would never know if it is a simulation you would probably not tell me please tell me to go to the light if i am dead that's what i'm saying you know so (laughs) personally you don't look dead to me so (laughs) there's nothing about you that looks dead to me right and uh no it's just a holiday if you think of it think of it this way Mm -hmm. right we'll stick with star trek jean-luc picard right he was the one with the holodeck right Right. So he's the higher self and he has massive amounts of holodecks and he's going to go into each one as needed. So it's not that dad's still in that holodeck. It's that the higher self that experienced dad's life, Jean-Luc Picard is going into there. And once he goes into there, blinders are back on the experience is happening again. Right. So um, it is the higher self. That is your spirit, but this is a portion of the experiences that they had. So you're still having this experience. You're still solidly in your holodeck. So another cool thing you talk about on your blog is um, communicating with your pets, which yeah. is very cool. I, I have uh, two wonderful cats, some turtles, of a dragon. We have ducks that come all the time, some doves. I think I communicate with them. Um, I don't know for sure. I mean, I, my dad was a veterinarian, so I'm always feel like I, with him, he had this connection to pets that, that I could subconsciously communicate with them. Tell me how, um, am I able to communicate with pets? Tell me your process in, in having, um, as you talked about in your blog. Well, I'll tell you this, <laughs> pet communication is not necessarily one of my big strengths, Right, right. but I've had it happen enough that it was quite stunning when it did. One of my students has been training with me for so long, and uh, she's actually a certified sage teacher. She's an animal communicator. That is her strength. And the number one tip that she gives um, all of our students is uh, don't think in words, think in imagery when you're communicating Mm -hmm. with animals. It'll open up more of a connection. So instead of saying, thinking, you know, go lay down, (laughs) 
visualize the dog going to lay down and then you'll watch the dog go lay down. And then the communication can start to come both ways as well. What I've experienced personally with animals is that they'll talk to you when they want to talk to you. <laughs> right. And I love that. If they don't want to talk to you, they're like, why? I mean, why? They're so intuitive. I've never seen an animal stuck in the in-between. Um, they're, they're so intuitive. There's this natural understanding of, of when they're going to pass, uh, what they're, you know, for many, what their job is down here. Um, and I really kind of see them more as supportive, like soldiers, do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Being interacting with us. It's like, they're right in between mother earth and, and people somewhere, you know? Yeah, I do too. Now, have you seen, um, where they go when they pass on? Do you have a, an idea? Have you talked to your guides about it? What yeah, happens? absolutely. Um, I, the question popped up for me when I was doing a reading for a woman and a male came through, a male human came through in spirit form and started mm -hmm. talking about being her, it was a, her cat or her dog. Um, oh, wow. And I was like, <laughs> in my, and I hadn't described him yet. Right. Right. to her. I didn't say, okay, it was this tall and whatever. I said, okay, I've got a male coming through. He's talking about sleeping in like the corner of the living room. And she's like, oh, fluffy. I don't remember the name, but, <laughs> and then I'm like looking at him and he's like, and in my head, I'm like, are you, so you're just, are you talking about her dog or your dog? And he's like, I'm her dog. And I'm like, but you're a person. So after that, I, uh, I went right to my guide. I said, what's mm -hmm. going on? So people can be animals and animals can be people. And he's like, yep, mm -hmm. it's just another chunk of the higher, higher self. That's it. Oh, wow. A little, it's a cat holodeck. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, but I, I, you know, I have found that with a, the idea of, of imagining visually. My, my cats obviously don't know words. I mean, they know the words I say to them, but um, they're not going to be able to think in those terms. So it, it makes obvious sense to, to send visual images to them. And it, yeah. it seems to work. So. It's pretty powerful. So um, is there in, in the, the sage method that, that tell me a little bit more about the course that you offer? You've taken a lot of the stuff that you've learned in this process. It's a seven week course and you can teach us how to become more intuitive and some of the, the tools that you've used. Tell us a little bit more about that. The course in itself, uh, like I said, my guide had me go through it without telling me what I was going through. He yeah. just said, now do this, now do this, now do this. And um, the course is a formula. So it's really three steps. It's first uh, gaining access back to your space, understanding um, you know, your, your place where you're at, your energetic body, all of that. Mm -hmm. And then it's a matter of going through a process of decluttering. Decluttering emotionally, physically, uh, your environment, it's the clutter that blocks our intuition. So everyone's intuition is already 110% kicking. It's like already flowing. The reason why we have a hard time accessing it, hearing it, seeing it, feeling it, et cetera, is because there's clutter on top of it. If you think about every single uh, task that you have that's left undone, every relationship statement that you haven't said or anything that you haven't fixed, each and every one of those is a hamster on a hamster wheel in your brain how many hamsters on hamster wheels are in your brain? Your intuition's trying to flow through this. There's a reason why that solo traveler that hikes up a mountain and sits there in peace with one granola bar and a fire gets a ton of intuitive information, Yeah. right? Very little clutter. We are bombarded by thousands of advertisements a day. That alone will start to kind of dull it. So in the middle of this course, it's about decluttering. It's not about perfectly decluttering. It's about understanding the energetic connection between you and clutter, and then starting to move past that. Beyond that, then the, the last part of the course is really diving into like some of these topics that you and I dove into today. How does this work? How do each of the senses trigger? How does it flow through you? Um, you know, what's the difference between psychic and medium? How do you get uh, dictionary items? All these kinds of stuff that comes toward the, uh, the middle to the end of the course, along with guide communication that's in there as well. And then at the end, there's these really fun exercises that are literally straight from my guide that he had me do. And they're really neat because they walk you through mediumship, through psychic, two different channels 
in multiple different ways. So by the time you're done with the course, you know, okay, I'm more psychic or I'm more medium. And uh, the stuff that I get right away is more accurate or I have to linger in it for a while before the accuracy comes. It's really fun to watch someone go through because they come out going, this is my intuition. This is how it flows. This is how I access it. And I don't know if you could tell, I just love it. I absolutely I love it. Tell, I, started, yeah. I started teaching. I, I had a couple clients and I said, Hey, can I just try this out on you? You know, cause this is what, and we, it was just joyous. It was so much fun. And I taught it in person for a number of years. And then my guide came and said, um, showed up and said, put it online. This was early, early 2019. And, um, then I realized why <laughs> we put it online. Um, and now it's global. Now there's, um, circle members, you know, and sage students all over the globe. And it's a lot of fun to see the growth because walking through that seven weeks, it's not just that your intuition opens. You mm -hmm. come out of that knowing so much more about yourself. It's really lovely, actually. And we can find that at the sagemethod.com, mm -hmm. right? Yep. Fantastic. It's a couple other questions I always like to ask mediums. Yep. Have you ever seen um, an, an angel? Yes. Tell me about what they, what they were like. <laughs> yes. Please end with the one. Yes. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've had the opportunity, I'll say it that way, um, to work with Archangel Michael a couple of times. And it was uh, all of the times were really centered around one living person was um, in a particular danger and needed a little bit extra uh, protection. Mm -hmm. And each of the times that I was able to work with him, I, I, was, um, I was a little stunned, not stunned. It was just, he feels so different than humans. It's yeah. just, there's this, um, it's like when I was around him, I just felt like I was instantly in a big old cup of hot cocoa. It was just, there's something just like, everything's okay. Right. When you're, when you're in their presence, like all opportunities, both good and bad don't exist when you're in the presence of an angel. When people, um, have like a, uh, they almost get into a car accident and then an angel and an actual angel watches over them. You'll hear them say, I didn't have fear. It was strange. Like I watched it all happen and it came this close, but in the time I didn't have, there's an angel there. Yeah. So it's, um, it was a really neat experience and I was really grateful for it. Wow. And so you kind of probably answered it, but it may be related. Have you ever seen what you believe to be aliens? Was, would you think that that lizard was that or some, um, some I would put maybe the lizard. Yep. I would put the lizard in that category. Um, there are a lot of different types of aliens. Most of them are benevolent um, and helpful. There are, um, I've seen mm -hmm. beings in the South, was that Southwestern corner of um, the United States? Well, I've actually seen them in other areas too that um, kind of absorb radiation to try to keep the earth's balance. So there's a lot of different beings. I tell people if, if you think that you're human and everything else is alien, you, you gotta kind of go a little bigger in that perspective because you might have had a life on that lizard's planet you could be a lizard do you know what i mean right. and if a human walked into that lizard's living room it would be like what so we have to see this from both angles the word alien just means from another planet right now um i don't have a lot of interactions i have just a handful of them um and i will say that that's a little out of my comfort zone right <laughs> um and, uh, but I haven't had any like uh, actual alien contact or anything like that. I had one moment when I was talking with a friend at a restaurant, he has had many, many um, experiences, some of them traumatic. And we were talking through it and he goes, and he was telling me the story. He said, and then this is where my memory stops. And I said, okay, do we, do we want to try to continue? He goes, yeah, let's try. And, um, he was like, I, I'm like, describe this. Or I remember what I was saying to him because all I knew was that when he tried to push through that memory block, I instantly knew there was someone behind me in this restaurant. And I remember like looking down because it was not a comfortable feeling. I'm going to be very direct about that. And I looked down and I remember seeing very long fingers 
and it was transparent. So it was interdimensional, just like people in between and on the side. And I looked at, I looked at my friend and I said, I think we should stop, you know? And he said, yeah, I'm starting to feel uncomfortable. And I explained to him what the feeling was. It was just this overall feeling of you need to stop now. And I remember thinking, well, this is not my favorite day and we're going to stop. Can we talk about dessert? Like, and so it was a very kind of uncomfortable feeling. Right. However, I think that that's the minority of alien connection. I think that there's a lot of very helpful, very, um, like I said, <laughs> aliens out there that um, are helping us. You know, they have higher intelligence, not all of them. Some of them have higher intelligence and can come in here and do things sometimes in the in-between, in-between those molecules. Um, in, within source interdimensionally and it's all very very possible and then the final have you ever been with somebody when they were passing and, yes. and saw what 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 did you see then um I was not it's, it, the emotions just go whew, right yeah uh, I've only been in the presence of one person um, of one person who's passed I've worked with individuals who were in hospice and actively dying and then mm-hmm. I'd go home and they'd pass and I'd come back and work with the family. Um, when, so there's a couple of situations, the situation where I've worked with people that were in hospice and in the process of passing, that was very interesting to me because they communicated with me um, through their spiritual body as if they were already passed. I mean, knowledge that they, they hadn't already passed, but instead of talking, you know, mm-hmm moving your mouth, I could see their spirit because the spirit starts to become very, very strong as it detaches from the body. Uh, that was very interesting for me. The one situation where I did see someone, um, pass, she was one of the most amazing women I've ever met. That's why I get emotional with it. And, uh, my partner was actually, um, holding on to her when, when she passed and the room just, it was the only way I can explain it is she was there she asked a question and this is a little graphic, but her eyes, her physical eyes did roll back. And then all of a sudden there was this like expansion in the room and in a flash of a moment, all of her was entirely in the space. It was, it was just like, she just went and expanded. And then you knew you were within that. It was, um, it was very moving. It was very moving. And then it just, and then it just dissipated. It was, you know, people ask, well, you do crossing over work. You know, do you see a door? I don't, I don't see a door. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't see a light. They do. My job is just kind of coach them or talk through or shift their perspective on uh, that perspective, but shift their, yeah. It, people who are stuck have to be focused on one thing. So deep getting them unfocused out of that and talking about other things that people mover starts to happen they get closer to that, to source and they start to feel that comfort and then they, and then they cross over. Um, but I don't really see like a door or anything. I usually just ask them. And then when they do cross over, they just disappear. There's nothing, wow. I, I wish they just went with sparkles or something. So, but it, I remember <laughs> when I first started doing the work, it was like they were there and then they were gone. And I would have to say to my guide, did it work? And he's like, yep. I'm like, oh, wow. well, it's, there's no flair in that. Right. <laughs> so well both i want to thank you so much for sharing your time with me and and your knowledge and i'm genuinely interested the sage method sounds very powerful coming from your heart i can tell that you love to do this i can tell that this uh all the stuff that you've had has really changed your life um unexpectedly and when especially reading your book it's very interesting i recommend everybody read your book because You'll just have these unusual conversations and things happen when these, these spirits enter into your life and, and, and you say it from a unique perspective of someone that really wasn't looking for this. Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> so. yeah, just, I didn't sign up for it. I now know that I did. Um, but nope, I didn't sign up for it. So, you know, what you are chatting with today is, um, you know, the me that has fully embraced it and stepped into this uh, life. But yeah, the beginning was a little bit, well, reluctant. There you go. Yeah. 
So the book is Cracking Open Adventures of a Reluctant Medium, Isabeau Maxwell. And then I'll have the, the link for that book and the link for the, the website. Thank you so much for coming on. It's been such a joy. Yeah. Welcome to the Reality Revolution. Thank you for having me.